The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is for a few more minutes, Sunday, October the 2nd, as we recap all of Week 4's action. You're probably listening, or if you're still watching with us live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, Monday, October 3rd. Week 4, almost in the books. Um, on a larger scale, do you, oh, joining me to break down all the action. Ryan Wilson, John Breach. What's up, boys? Hey, hey, hey. On a larger scale, what? Yo, yo, yo. No time to uh, talk, Breach. You sound Go quiet, ahead. Wilson. Uh, it might be my volume then, not yours. Um, he sounds high like his voice or like he something quiet. Oh. <laughs> You're do high. You, do, you, do we feel like we know what? Do we feel like we know anything about the NFL in 2022 yet? I, I, don't, I don't feel like we do. I said to myself a lot during the Sunday's action, man, there's a lot of parody going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, there, like are, it. it's better. It's better. there are no, I guess there's what, one, one winless team still remaining in the Houston Texans. They do have a tie. And there's one undefeated team left in the Philadelphia Eagles at 4-0. There's really, I, I, just quickly looking through it, I, I think the, I mean, I guess the largest separation from first to worst in a division is the NFC East, which has naturally uh, three, I believe, three teams in the playoffs if the if the playoffs started today. Yes, that's correct, including the Dallas Cowboys, who don't even have Dak Prescott. Anyway, uh, that's just sort of an, like just sort of observation. Like, I don't think that we can know. The NFC East has as many teams with three wins or more as the entire AFC. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Boom. I think the other takeaway is that those stupid rankings, preseason predictions we make in August are inevitably useless, which that's the whole point. Well, now we sound like college football writers. Don't do, don't do preseason poll. What are you you talking about, Bretson? The the Jaguars being first. The Jaguars that got steamrolled after going up 14, nothing today, that team. 
But yeah, like, the Eagles, I, the Eagles, I the, Champions, the, the Eagles. Just saying, can't That's, have everything. Your everything picks are terrible. Congratulations. Oh, not a great uh, year for anyone. Uh, by the way, before I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> 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 love it, love it. Billy, Billy came packing heat tonight. Uh, before Brenton keeps dunking on himself, just take a look at the old CBS Sports Expert Picks page. Oh, Wilson's making a run like it's twenty twenty one up in here, suckers. I love it. All right, let's start on let's Sunday go. Night Football with recapping the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Chiefs kind of steamrolled them, forty one thirty one, the final, but only because well, I would say a garbage time touchdown. Like there was a Patrick Mahomes was intercepted late. The Bucks running, hurry up, thinking, all right, if we score a touchdown here, maybe we get on sides. We got a prayer, but it wasn't really going to happen. Um, the uh, Chiefs looked incredible on offense. Patrick Mahomes, 23 of 37 for 249 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Sort of, I think it doesn't really give the whole like, detail of how just how good he looked. And that offensive line was fantastic. Both Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco uh, ran really well behind Pacheco. that offensive. Pacheco. Pacheco. Pacheco ran really well behind that offensive line. The Buccaneers had the fewest rushing yards of in the first half of any game of Tom Brady's career. Tom Brady threw the most consecutive passes 20. I think it was check out at 28, maybe of his career, which is crazy because he's been playing you know, he's 45 um, and the Bucs look very one dimensional and, it's probably their best day on offense so far this season, but the defense that had been so good just got carved up, Wilson, by that fantastic Kansas City offense. I don't even know if this is their best day on offense. You sort of talked about it. They, all they did was throw the ball, and they were down early. That I mean, you can't fumble the opening kickoff because if you right. do, you're going to give a touchdown. That happened. Uh, you can't take a strip sack because that's going to end in a touchdown. That happened. Uh, and, uh, Breach, let me ask you this. They rushed the ball six times combined, the Buccaneers did, for, for three yards. If you got six NFL carries – in any game, doesn't matter to the team. Do you think you could get three yards? Maybe. That's a half yard per carry? Yeah. A half yard per carry? Sorry, what? Did you say you could get six, three six yards on three carries? He said, any yards per carry. He said, he asked if I could get 18 inches per carry. Yeah. I no, you're not. Reasonable. Well, the point is this. The fact that we wouldn't have this conversation tells you how bad the Bucks run game is. And I'll also say this. At no point during this game, because, again, it started with that opening kickoff fumble by Rashad, Rashad uh, White, did I feel like the Chiefs weren't going to steamroll this team. Like, the Buccaneers never threatened Kansas City as far as I was concerned. And, you know, Brinson's all about the, the revenge games. I, I do think there was probably some of that last time they played. They got stomped. And the offensive line, as Brinson noticed, much better. Um, you know, you talk about Patrick Reed having an edge. I think Andy Reed has an edge too. Like he's all fun and you know Santa Claus during Christmas time, but I think he likes to stick it to people. Um, and unfortunately for Todd Bowles, he was on the on the receiving end of that of that whooping. Um, so let me the ask the most this. points the most points given up by Todd Bowles by the Bucks since Todd Bowles arrived there as defensive coordinator in two thousand and nineteen. Breach, let me ask you this. Joe Musso asked me this on HQ, me and BMAC, and it's actually I was thinking about it during the game, and maybe it's just speculation, pointless speculation and nothing else. Tom Brady looks less happy now than any time I can remember. He's still playing at a, at a high level. He's one of the best players, yada, yada, yada. Does he look less happy to you, or is that just the fact that he's throwing a bunch of receivers he would prefer not to throw to? Well, we know for a fact it's not insult Tom Brady that he is a sore loser. Nobody hates losing more than this guy. He doesn't shake people's hands after losses. And I think it set in pretty quickly that he was not going to win this game. And then he had 
angry wasp face on his face starting in about the second quarter, uh, you know, right when the Buccaneers decided they weren't going to run the ball anymore and they were only going to throw it. That was the sign of a team that said, all right, uh, this is our only shot to win. And I feel like the kind of the play that really shifted the momentum and said the Chiefs are winning this game was after the Buccaneers came up with a huge play, stopped Kansas City on fourth and one. And then the Buccaneers immediately get the ball back. Tom Brady gets hit, fumbles it. Kansas City goes down and scores, takes a 28 to 10 lead. And that was all she wrote. I mean, that's where the upset Brady face immediately showed up. That's where uh, the the Buccaneers clearly decided, you know what? We, We can't even afford to run anymore because the Chiefs might put up 75 points in this game. Uh, so I don't know. I you know I wasn't watching him closely in the first quarter, but it just felt like that he doesn't usually fall behind this early in a game. He's not usually down three touchdowns in the second quarter. Uh, I feel like all season he's had that face, and part of it is because he didn't have Godwin, he didn't have um, Mike Evans for the suspension game, and no Gronk, and he wanted to get out. He wanted to go to Miami, according to reports. Someone in the comments, Victor, asked if. Uh, the uh, things get cupcake year for Tampa Bay, and they actually do. And they're going to win this division anyway, but they just don't feel like the joke. Like, I didn't think they were going to win the division, so I wasn't high on them coming into the season. But they're Atlanta at Pittsburgh. They're going to win that game a thousand to nothing. Then at Carolina before they play the Ravens. So they they have three get right games, the toughest game being the Falcons. Um, but again, I, I don't I don't feel great about this team in December. I mean, excuse me, in January. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it's fair to be concerned about them. Uh, I, I also think that there's a chance that this team, with the schedule that you're discussing, that they should really go five and what five and four and two worst case between now and uh, when they play the Seahawks. Is that in Germany? Is that the German game? Germany. That's yeah. Alain's th- uh, in right Munich. There. In Munich. Like, you know what's happening in Munich right now? Oktoberfest. Should have done the podcast from there. That would be great. Um, but I, I think there's a chance that you can see this team kind of coalesce and they have Tom Brady. They've got weapons. They need to stay healthy. If they do that, they can make a run. I, I agree with you. I don't feel, I don't, but I don't think any, I don't think feel great about anybody in the, in either, on either side of the draw, really. I mean, you, know, you can say the chiefs are awesome and the bills are really dangerous, but you know, in the, I, 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 think, I, I agree with your point. You just four to three teams that are better than the Buccaneers. Well, yeah, you, what I'm saying is, I agree with your point that this doesn't feel like a Super Bowl winning team right now. But we are just four weeks through this, four weeks of the season. They're two and two. We feel like they should cruise in the division as long as Brady stays healthy. And you know, it's like we always talk about with Belichick. You know, likes to carve the season out into quarters, and you can't really do it now. You can't do it because it's 17, which is annoying. But these segments of the season, the Buccaneers are kind of finding their identity, and I'd be curious to see what it looks like moving forward. Um, you know, they. But no, they don't feel they don't they don't feel like a team that's overly impressive at the moment. And I'll say real quick, Wilson, to to your question, even a little bit more. It does feel like all the time there is a point, at least over the past five years in the first quarter of the season where we're like, does Brady want to be playing anymore? Uh, Even when he his first season, the year they won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay 2020. I remember there was a primetime loss to the Bears. Uh, It was total shocker. Nick Foles was the quarterback for the Bears and. Brady just looked dejected and it was like, does he want to play anymore? And they were, I think they were three and two. So I guess that was week five. And it was like, why did he even sign with a new team? Because they're not going to do anything. So like, I agree with Prince. It's early in the season. It's tough to make a a strong judgment on them because so many, 
injury suspension to Mike Evans. Just everything has gone wrong so far, and they're still two and two. They're fine. All right. Definitely like some like some reasonable concern <laughs> over the level of happiness that Brady is dealing with vis-a-vis his uh his wife and her lack of interest in him continuing to play football. Well, I mean, the man is 45 years old. He's I'm just saying, like, if, if your wife's not happy with you about something, you know, it, it bleeds into your it can it can bleed into your work life. Like that's not an outrageous thing, right? You're like, like I was saying, we were talking about this the other day, but like if, if I've got something on my mind. A lot of times I won't play golf as well. And so it seems like Tom Brady's just getting like, he gets, usually he's used to getting off like the, the finishes a game. And he's just like, I'm Tom Brady. I'll go do what I want. And now it's like, oh, you missed I'll be honest. Breach and I have talked about this. I don't think we've ever done a podcast with, with you when you haven't had something on your mind, given the, the quality that you're putting out there. No offense. <laughs> seems. <laughs> Breach, I don't even know what that means. Well, it seems unnecessarily personal, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was thinking about that for a while while you were going on with your your little rant there. Personally, I wouldn't take this level of disrespect. <laughs> Where did these come from? I love that Billy's getting a little color in this podcast. Finally, <laughs> what are you talking? About? And also, Brinson is no longer control all the sound. Yeah, that's, that's so also it has been eight years. Tar Heels in the back of his pocket somewhere. Right? <laughs> he's got that. Um. Anyway, yeah, I think. I mean, oh, uh, would you like to? Uh, while uh, while you're poo-pooing the Bucks because you picked them not to win the division, they're clearly going to win it. Would you like to offer up any thoughts or commentary uh, about the Chiefs and the AFC West and where that division's headed? So um, I was asked to rank my teams in the AFC as of this game on Sunday night, and I have Chiefs, Bills, and then a distant third, the Ravens. Um just based on what we've seen so far, the Ravens have to figure out how to finish football games because they they should have won the they last. Should be undefeated. Game. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I mean, the Chiefs and the Bills are the same team basically. I, I think there's a a lot to love about both teams. Their quarterbacks are both two of the best athletes on the planet. And I mean, you know, it feels like the the 13 second game last last playoffs. You just go back and forth each and every drive, and just comes down to whoever has the ball last. Um, the Chiefs are fine. I, I think this was sort of um, we can win without Tyreek game. They ran the ball 37 times. They ran the ball 31 more times than the Buccaneers. Think about that. Andy Reid is not known for running the ball a lot, and they ran it effectively. And um, shout out to Isaiah Pacheco. That dude's wearing number 10. That's a lot of, a lot of responsibility comes to wearing number 10 in Kansas City. He plays as hard as Tyreek plays. Now, he's not Tyreek, but he's fast. He's sort of built the same size, and he's just looking to run over people and run into end zones. And um, I, I love the way he plays. The fact that he's a seventh-round pick is, is – um, I thought Chris Collinsworth had a good point too. It's like it, the way that uh, he's playing clearly has sort of inspired uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to step up his game. Like Edwards, he looks like he's having the best season of his career by far. He's running hard too, except for that fourth down, throwing the ball in fourth down. The no, other no, takeaway that I had when um, watching the game is Pacheco was a seventh round pick, Clyde was a first round pick. Again, yeah. let's not overdraft these running backs. That's perfectly fair. All right, Kansas City looks like a truck. Uh, I think they're going to cruise in the AFC. West, are they though? Breach, are they? Well, I feel like they are. I I feel like we all slept on Kansas City because Buffalo was out there as we the didn't darling. All sleep on Kansas City. Well, I mean, we didn't sleep on everybody. I had yelled over and over again that they were the best value in in preseason betting to win the AFC West. I would yeah. not stop saying. Yeah, that. no, that's not sleeping. I'm talking about the Super Bowl. Everybody has them winning the AFC West. I'm talking about oh. the darling of getting to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, and when I say everybody, I'm going by the predictions that we make on our website. Do, did everybody have them? Um, 
Win the Super Bowl? I was going to say no, no, no. I'm I'm saying that's where the sleeping happened. Is that everybody had the Bills or someone that's not the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl? Okay. Like you had the Ravens, I had the Broncos. Wilson, who'd you have? Not the Chiefs, right? Yeah, uh, the 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 Chargers. Excuse me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody expected the Chiefs to be good. No one. You had the Chargers. It was like the Chiefs aren't going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I said Chargers. I said Breach had the Chargers too. Oh, okay. But I had more Chargers than Chiefs picks. But everybody had the Chiefs in the playoffs. That was my point. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. This that's ridiculous. All right. That's ridiculous. Um, of course, everyone had the Chiefs in the playoffs. Anyway, Mahomes sixty-seven games to twenty thousand passing yards, the fastest in NFL history, beating up Matthew Stafford, who's seventy-one, Andrew Luck seventy-four, Dan Marino seventy-four. That's basically four Hall of Famers if Andrew Luck hadn't retired early. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get one. on to the next game: Vikings twenty-eight, Saints twenty-five. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna audible. We're gonna go to the Bills 23, the Ravens 20, because we were just talking about sorry, Billy, about the Buffalo Bills and how they started everyone in London. Oh, that's yeah, no kidding. They stayed up late for this, and then you're gonna push them. They have to go to work. They stayed up early because it's like Seriously. six a.m. early for this. Well, I just think that the Bills winning 23-20 over the Ravens goes hand in hand with this <laughs> Chiefs game because it, as you point out, Wilson, you're one team in the in number one, one of two teams in the AFC, Bills and Chiefs, and then the Ravens a distant third. But Baltimore, their defense just has to be better. They should be 4-0. and And by the way, can you imagine how insufferable I would be if if the Eagles and the Ravens were the only two undefeated teams left in football? So you guys should thank the the, the Ravens secondary for not allowing that to happen. Um, tons of points. I think I think it was like the, the Bills came back from down 17. And was it the Dolphins came back from down 21? Like, you know, if it were just this Bills game, it'd be one thing. But when you couple it with the Dolphins game, it's very clear that this is not a Ravens secondary that's capable of, or a Ravens defense that's capable of holding on to a lead, even when Lamar Jackson is playing really well. And I thought he played pretty well on, on Sunday, although the stats don't, you know, it was a sloppy game. Weather was a little tough. Yeah, the weather was, was terrible. That that didn't help. And I don't want to make excuses with the officiating, but there were some dog crap, terrible calls into this game. And I say this as a Steelers homer having to defend, having to defend the Ravens. Jerome Boger was in full effect late in the game. There was a roughing call on Brad Stevens versus Josh Allen. That was, it was, it was a tackle after Josh threw the ball. That and was a really bad roughing. And basketball. Jerome said afterwards to the pool reporter that I, I saw a hit to the head and neck area. And I'm confident that I saw that. My response would be, you need to get glasses then because there that wasn't even the case. I mean, it's nuts. Now, that's not solely why the Bills went on to win that football game. And a real quick, if people didn't watch that game, this wasn't like that overturned a fourth down. The, the Bills could have still won it if that penalty wasn't thrown. That was on a first down that that flag happened. Right. So it wasn't like the Bills got a free first down on a third and long or something, and they were already in Ravens territory when that happened. So Yeah, the ball yeah. went to the— it was, it was not a good call, but it— does it, it's not necessarily that it flipped the game. The ball was at the plus 41 two minutes ago, then it was pushed pushed to the plus 26. It was a little annoying, too, that Josh Allen turned around and started slamming the ground and pointed at Jerome Boger. Hey, good for Josh Allen. Like, Will Will no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not annoyed by Josh Allen doing it. I'm annoyed by, like, that ball, Jerome Boger allowing his, for. Like, No, yeah, it happens all the time. But, I mean, the, the bigger takeaway for me was that Lamar Jackson is making himself a lot of money each and every week with the way he's playing. Um, credit to to Josh Allen and, and Sean McDermott and the rest of that team for getting smoked early in that game. The first series of the game, Josh threw an interception, and and they came right back after halftime and, and put it to the put it to the Ravens. Uh, also worth noting, fourth and goal 
the score's tied 20 to 20, fourth and goal with four minutes and 45 oh, seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And, and, and let's point out too, that the, the Ravens uh, on the play in question that you're talking about, the Ravens had a 14 play 80 or 93 yard drive with seven first downs that lasted nine minutes and 29 seconds. They get to the Buffalo two yard line and it's fourth and goal. And we know that Harbaugh is all about analytics and Lamar loves going for it. Uh, they go for it. And the worst, here's the thing. It's tied 2020 for almost five minutes to go in the game. If you don't get it. Okay. It's fine. They get the ball, to the two yard line, the bills do. So you have a chance to back them up. Worst case scenario, other than a pick six, Lamar throws a freaking interception in the end zone. So the ball goes to the 20. And what I wanted to add to that quickly is that our, our guy, Stephen O, uh, huge Ravens fan, does a sports line. He's a, our data science nerd. Uh, he points out that, you know, he said, just assume the math is 50% chance of scoring that touchdown uh, and a 50% chance and then a, a 99% chance that you make the, the field goal. If you do the math, the expected value, that's three and a half points for the touchdown uh, and 2.97 points for the field goal. Yes, three and a half is, is more than three if they go for it. But the difference is that you are getting those three points. You are going ahead with under five minutes to go, and you can avoid things like throwing interceptions in the end zone, in which case the the uh, opposing team gets the ball not at the two-yard line, but at the 20. And um, I get it, but that feels like Pete Prisco's conservatism probably would have come into play and been a smart play at that point. Well, and the other thing I was thinking, somebody was like, why would the Ravens do that? I was like, I guess because they they don't trust the defense against Josh Allen, and that's fair. But you can't throw an interception. (laughs) Well, you can't throw an interception. And we've talked about this too. It's like if you kick the field goal and the Bills are down three, there is an inherent, like they're going to try to go get a touchdown. They got four minutes. But if they get within field goal range, they're inherently going to play it a little bit more conservatively because they know that they only need three points. They need three points to go to overtime. They're not going to be super aggressive. They won't want to get a turnover. They won't want to lose the game. They'll be willing to play for overtime if it gets down to that. And so from that perspective, I thought it probably didn't make sense to go for it. Um, I also thought that on the play that got them to the two, he could have challenged that. And they didn't really linger on it, I don't think, on the broadcast. But it looked like, was it uh, Devin du- DuVernay who caught it? And then, I think it was. But he he like, he like he caught it, but he wasn't touched. And he was, he was down and short, and then he rolled forward into the end zone. Like, I, I think there's a chance, and I don't blame him for just going, you're like, on the two, you got to be able to get two yards. But I, I think there's a chance that a challenge might have gotten to turn that into a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily hate them going for it there, but you absolutely, under no circumstance, can you throw an interception uh, in the end zone. And that's the thing you have to emphasize is like, look, Lamar, if we're going for this, the one mistake we cannot have is an interception under any circumstance because that's the only thing that – I mean, well, sack's a little better. At least you have sack, the, the Bills are only taking over at like the eight yard line, but the, right, you know, I'm just saying that, like, yeah, 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 but, yeah. right. I mean, interception is worse than a sack, yeah. but you so the interception is like the one thing that you, you don't really, force it into the end zone if it's not there because we want them backed up at the two. Well, yeah, or if it's not there, just try and run it in, like, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. You know, you're faster than everybody, single person on the field. Yeah, I thought, I mean. So you guys would have kicked the field. I would have kicked the field goal here. I was I fine going with it, but with the caveat that you just laid out there. Like, if they get the ball to two, that's fine. Make them earn it. Four and a half minutes to go. The problem is, though, four and a half minutes to go, you feel like the, the Bills can sustain those drives. Maybe you do kick the three and then go with Brent's strategy of them being a little less aggressive, knowing they don't need to. It's not a tie game. They're down three points. By the way, let me ask you guys this. Uh, so the last 
seven games, here's been the, the point difference in, in the Ravens win losses. They've uh, it's been three, four, three, one, one, two, one. Over those seven games, what do you think their record has been? Uh, and decided by one in games decided by one score. I'm just guessing what two and five. Uh, one and six. Oh, and seven. Wow. And uh, how many of those have happened because of a weird John Harbaugh decision <laughs> at the end of the fourth quarter? I mean, I can remember two two-point conversions last year alone at the end of the season. Um, one against the Packers and then maybe against the Rams. I don't know. The Browns. I, I don't know. They had a two. They lost multiple games by one or two points on decisions like this. And, and Harbaugh even talked about this decision after the game. And he said that, you know, part of the reasoning for going for it was that if they kick a field goal, then you give this advantage to the Bills offense because they would be in four down territory at all times, which I don't think that because if you're if you're the Bills, if you if you're the Bills, you get the ball four minutes left and you have three timeouts and the Ravens hold you to three and out and you have a third and 10 from your own 20. Are you going for it or are you punting it? By the way, quickly, uh, Dave, I I don't know that they automatically with that it depends much on four, what was it fourth and what like fourth and well yeah that's what i'm saying like, like, like fourth, fourth and eight four on your own, on your own 35 you're punting it like right, exactly yes yeah yeah that's what i'm saying but harbaugh was was saying that they were working under the assumption that the, the bills would definitely be going for on every fourth down if uh well, if, I don't, if the ravens scored breach um saving nichols I don't, it was just weird it was weird yeah, All, everything everything was weird Breach Dave McNichols in the comments reminds you that uh, Harbaugh went for two against the Steelers and then the Packers and, and lost. There we game. go. It was the Steelers. So, I can't believe still- I lost the Steelers. I forgot about the Steelers game. That's the last time. They so many close game. losses that you can't. I can't even remember which game it was. But yeah, so they went for two against the Steelers and Packers and failed both times and lost. And so like that's where and this I think we've heard Brian McFadden kind of talk about this where you there's a psychological psychological aspect to all of these analytical decisions. And if you keep failing and keep losing games, the players, the tide can start to turn against you from the players. Marcus standpoint. Peters wigs out and starts yelling at you. Like, uh, well, Yeah. And so that's not, we don't know if the rest of the locker room isn't starting to feel that way. So you can't keep losing games that your players are playing well enough to win that they're only losing because of a couple bad coaching decisions, because the players are going to start getting upset. From 1996 through 2021, the Ravens were 103 when they had a 17-point lead. They are 1-2 and two this season with a 17-point lead. That is Not great. quite remarkable. All right. Um, Buffalo. Uh, if you had to pick right now, Buffalo or Kansas City? I just said my rankings are KC, Buffalo, Baltimore, and the AFC. I'm, back. I'm back on the KC bandwagon. Like Put me on the barbecue bandwagon. Yeah, I I'm, think not, I'm not too. flying through tables anymore. But to be clear, like one and two are extremely close, and three is a distance. It's really a one A one B for me, probably. That's why. Um, all right, to the next game, which is Vikings twenty eight, Saints twenty five. A lovely little early morning brunch, brunch, brunch ball. Yeah, I mean, I guess the ultimate, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate one p.m. matchup between Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. Um, I said on uh, the Panthers radio stadium show before around like 2.30 this afternoon, said that I think Andy Dalton might have submitted his starting job in New Orleans breach. Yeah. I, I mean, one thing I said at some point during the, the preseason is that obviously Andy Dalton is nowhere near Drew Brees. So I'm not saying it like this, but that oh, Andy, Dalton, <laughs> Andy Dalton seems better designed. He's, he's nowhere near Drew Brees. Yes, I'm prefacing said. my statement. 
I am going to say that Andy Dalton seems better designed to run the Saints offense, to, uh, what they normally want to do, than James Winston does. James you do realize Jameis Winston was playing out of his mind last year before he started. Yeah, with Sean there. Payton, and like Brinson said, they're well, that's the Saints offense, isn't it? No, Sean Payton's gone, and now Jameis Winston's back to Chuck and Duck. He's got the air yards, he's got all the interceptions. And you know, the, the buzz was, I think that the saints coaching staff and like, and like everybody in front office too, was sort of like, all right, James a little banged up. We don't mind if, uh, you know, maybe we just hold him out for safety purposes. And if here's Dalton the thing though, don't, why do we keep falling for the Charlie Brown, Lucy football trick? Every time that Andy Dalton goes to a new team, he plays well. Some idiot said there's a path to nine wins with the Cowboys to that numb nuts playing quarterback. <laughs> I think it's clear that he's good. He's good for one and a half games. And then it'll just be same old Andy Dalton that's in tail end of his career at Cincinnati, chucking and ducking as Breach describes it. How dare you, Breach? By the way, my Philadelphia Eagles are currently holding the Saints 2023 first round draft pick. A pick is but could be high. This, I don't think this team's very good. No, they're one and three. I, I, I like the addition. I like like Chris Olave looks like a stud. I do think Andy Dalton improved it, but he's not the answer. Obviously, they have plenty of weapons. On. Who? Well, the thing is that Andy Dalton played a one-score game, ran the offense offense proficiently. Is it and sustainable? He, breach? he didn't have Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. There's missing. Is it the, sustainable? Uh, I don't know. Jameis Winston isn't isn't viable. Let me ask you this: If if would you rather have Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton for this team going forward? It doesn't matter because Jameis Winston's what I was putting my. My, the eggs I was putting that basket, putting uh, like, you're in so that basket. about this NFC South thing going wrong for you, aren't you? No, but I, it's just weird that you, both you guys, I, breach I get, but Brinson, you're just tagging along like you're you've been um, hoodwinked and you're joining the Andy Dalton cult. You know what Andy Dalton is? I I, I said that I wasn't buying the Saints all off season. No, no, but I I mean I would like a little support and push you back against Breach's idiotic theory. That I don't Andy think Andy Dalton- Dalton's the answer. I just think he's the only option. <laughs> Okay, they're four four games in. There are le- how many games left? Uh, Fourteen games. Thirteen 13. games to go. Can't do the math. Uh, over under. Who has more wins and what are the wins? 14. Out of Andy Dal- Andy yeah. Dalton, Jameis Winston. So it's probably four. I'll put four and a half as the over under for Jameis. Do you want to take more or less for Andy Dalton? For you the think, re- you think the- Jameis Winston is going to win five games the rest of the year? Four. Well, yeah, five, right? Four and a half. Or I'm just asking, where do you? Where I'll do you, take over. I'll say that Dalton has more than five wins. Oh. Or I say, I, no, 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 wait. I don't. But I don't know that. I'm putting like, out here. I put it this way. I'm putting James at four and a half. Where do you want to put Andy Dalton's over win, um, over under at? Where we put it starts, not wins. Well, I mean, we're talking about proficiency, not just being under center. Well, right, but I'm saying that my the- my theory is that the Saints might stink. Okay. Well, how many? I don't wins? want you to be. I don't want to be thrown back in my face when Andy Dalton doesn't win five games because the Saints win four games all year. Like that's like. Well, I'll put it to you this way: over the next fourteen games, who if assume there's a assume universe, the Saints win five games. Let's assume there's a universe where Jameis starts the next fourteen, and another universe where Andy starts the next fourteen. Okay. Who wins the most games? Multiverse conversation. This that's go. right. Who who wins? Wow. It's like uh. I didn't, was, I didn't know you were such a big Marvel guy. Yeah. Um, Which one of these guys is the I, worst I Marvel character? Dalton. I would take Andy Dalton. To win how many games? I think I would take Andy also. Six. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> okay. You fell for it. 
Yeah, so Ryan, did you watch the like game? Six, like, you're like six and seven, and they finished. You fell for the old rope. And and ten, rope and it's not good. Why is Breach so vehemently defending Andy Dalton? I'm and not defending Andy Dalton. I am saying that he is the better option for the Saints' offense. That's not defending it. You do Bengals are Sunday, October 16th. Bengals at Saints. Who wins? Bengals or Andy Dalton? Joe the Bengals by seven touchdowns. They yes, know Andy Dalton better than anyone. Uh, that's but, the reason. <laughs> get out of here. But I think that Andy Dalton gives the Saints a better chance to win. I mean, besides the fumble he had where Ryan uh, <laughs> slacked me and said that Andy Dalton needs to retire now. Um, but then uh, he apologized to Andy Dalton because of how well he played in the second half. I mean, they when were down 16 to 7. And he, he lost to the Spider-Man meme. He lost to Kirk Cousins. I mean, and get out of he here. Didn't. Did Dalton led him on two touchdown drives, two field goal drives, and then had got him within three inches of pulling off an upset? Which, by the way, we have to mention Will what's his name because hitting oh, a 60 yard field goal in London and then turning around and missing with a double, double doing on a 61 yarder to send it that to 61 overtime. yarder was looked like it was good from about 68 yards. Oh my he god, he smoked it, and that he would have been the first kicker in NFL history at multiple 60 yard field goals in a game. But and, and and first ever in London, first ever in London. Unsaid. <laughs> first worldwide kick, wo- worldwide will. That's going to be his nickname. Uh, that's sorry, sorry Brent, you can't have it. Uh, Vikings get the Bears at Dolphins, Cardinals at Commanders. The next four games, Commanders. they are currently three and one. I uh, Vikings. They're in my Super Bowl pool. Vikings feel like a very much like a playoff team, even though I don't know that I necessarily would. I just think they're going to get in with the with the way. The, yeah, the wild they did start slow in that game, by the way, and yeah. there's. There's probably reasons for concern, but to your original point, there is, you know, there's a lot of parody going on, which is a good thing. Man, I tell you, there's nothing better than the 9, 9.30 a.m. NFL game when you got to. Oh, good news, because we have one next Sunday. Do you have a big game to go to? Florida State, it's NC State? Florida State, yeah. <laughs> it's great, great, great. I have to memorize NC State schedule, so go I know go here. Tar Heels. Yes. There it is. There um, it is. Do you want to hear, hear a funny story about my trip to Clemson? Only if it's funny. I think it's funny. How long does it last? Can you tell at the end of the podcast? I'll tell it really quickly. <laughs> so we, we're walking around the tailgate area and we're looking for, we're trying to, we're going to meet somebody and we take this turn and all of a sudden there's like this huge walkway that's like been roped off and there's like, like Clemson fans are like five or six deep on each side of like the rope. And it's where they do the tiger walk where the team gets dropped off on a bus and they walk through and everybody screams. And we're like walking down the middle of the tiger walk, like me and two of my friends dressed in like, I'm wearing a black state shirt and, um, they went red, and it's like, like somebody gonna stop us and tell us to leave? And like we walk for a little bit, and nobody did anything. You know, we had a couple of beers, so I started going, "Let's go back!" and like screaming, and like on both sides of the audience, just going, "Boo, boo!" And I was like raising my arms, like it was like WWE. It was so delightful. Finally, we get to the end, and somebody goes, "Go Tar Heels!" <laughs> I stopped. I turned. Around, I was like, "Are oh, you crossed the line now, pal?" Is that Debo? I don't know. But I, I was, was hoping you said that that you're we walk- the entire length of this thing, just like harangue, like just like getting like like it was, and then of course and you, you got the last laugh because right. state got it was it was so it was, I was hoping you said that the walk ended in the same way that the the bro fight in the Arkansas. Uh, hey, those are private stories, pal. <laughs> Not to be no, I, we were like these people are gonna take it. These people are gonna take. Hey, what are you talking about? The Ole Miss fight in the stands? I didn't, I didn't tell it on the podcast. I don't think. No. There was a fight in the Ole Miss stands. Oh, all- oh, oh, never mind. So carry on. Um, I don't even know about you getting in a fight. I you know I'm talking about breach. The guys, all the guys wearing the uh, the blazers and and the uh, Bama the, thing. The Ole Miss, the Ole Miss fraternity fight. Oh, 
yeah. Rich just talked about some fight he got in with a bunch of other Bama bros, and he's he's like a suddenly we don't even know about that fight. All right, let's uh, move on to the next game. <laughs> Can you imagine Brinson in a fight? I wouldn't. I cannot. I was trying to break up fight. Cowboys ten. I mean, excuse me. Cowboys twenty five. Commanders ten. The uh, Carson Wentz experiment. Maybe the very reason why uh, Debo has left this podcast because he can't handle. Before you go through all the stats and waste everyone's time because uh, Carson Wentz is terrible, let me let me put this to you because as a Steelers fan, I have similar conversations. When fans feel like they know more than coaches and and front office folks making decisions about things like the quarterback position, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Carson Wentz, it's infuriating when those realities inevitably come true. Like, what could you possibly see in Carson Wentz that you would say, you know what, I'm going to trade for this guy. Look, he may be a great guy. I'm just talking about on the field. And he's going to fix our, our program. I said it in the offseason. I think Taylor Heineke is better than he is. And I've seen nothing to, to dissuade me uh, of that Smith's notion. Been much better than Carson Wentz. Oh, my God. Geno Smith is, is legit. He's completing 77% of his passes. Yeah, we didn't have a second, but right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's why fans get so angry. And on top of that, look, Steelers fans have been spoiled, no doubt. Washington fans have not been spoiled. Their owner is a numb nut. Uh, he got a motorcade out of the bottom of the Jerry Dome, which is the craziest thing I, I've heard uh, since I heard Breach talk about Andy Dalton being a Hall of Famer. And I get the frustration coming out of Washington, and there's there's not going to be any quick fix. I, I don't know what you do. I I just don't know. Maybe you throw um, my buddy Sam from UNC out there. God, I can't remember. What's Sam's last Sam name? How? Sam Howell. Maybe you throw Sam Howell out there. Maybe throw Taylor Heineke. Um, I, I think they're going to have to do a full – Carson Wentz – doesn't uh, matter. I don't care if he has a four million dollar guarantee contract for the every week for the. No, rest I was going to do like snap percentages again because he had that nitty. Remember, you're like, cares? just move on. Stop it. Go ahead. That's sums it that up. Was, that was a solid rant, Ryan. Okay, so let's have the not really a hot take, but it's yeah. You know. Cooper is not starting when Dak comes back, right? No, no. stop it. Okay, just making sure. Just um, should they should the Cowboys delay rushing Dak back in order to try and win games with Cooper Rush under center as they've done the last three weeks? I, I we I think all three of us had a long discussion about this on last Sunday's podcast after they just beat the Giants or Monday night the Monday night podcast, and we kind of tried to put our finger on when they should let him return. Yep. And I think we all agree that week six against the Eagles makes the most sense because there's no reason to rush him back. That is what the Cooper Rush uh, winning games does for you is that you don't have to rush Dak back. If Cooper Rush had gone 0-3 in these games and the Cowboys were sitting at 0-4, then it's like, holy crap, we have to get Dak Prescott on the field right now. We don't care if his thumb is only halfway sewn on his body right now. We just got to get him back out there because Cooper Rush isn't cutting it. But they're not they're three and one if they lose the Rams they lose the Rams you would rather lose and let Dak kill another week than rush him back and have him get hurt against the Rams yeah Brinson had some crazy theory last week about how he was going to come back like week five is what Brinson said I think that's what that's what young record are saying week five I think Breach and I both said week six so um you busted I can't remember I know most of us said week six there's only three of us here Well, let's see if he goes back week five. I mean, I, I think I would bring him back like week eight, as long as Cooper Rush was still winning games, like finding ways to win. I would not want to bring him back either against a really good um, – Zach Barton got hurt today. I, don't, I can't remember if he came back in or not, but uh, he was – Brenton, I think you said hold him out till the bye. 
That's what you do if you are running the team. But then you were like, what will Jerry do? And I said, week five, probably. <laughs> and you guys were like, week six, week five is ridiculous. Yeah, he's not coming back next week. He's not coming back. Yeah. He should come back in week six. If they beat the Rams, he ain't coming back in week six. The thing is, what if he beats the Rams? And then you're thinking, eh, let's just keep Cooper rushing for the next week. And he beats if the they're Eagles. Winning games, he's, they're going to push Dak back. That is classic Jerry Jones mentality. I mean, if you're winning games, it's not it's a not a terrible idea because no. we we talked about last week. Russ Wilson still doesn't look right, and maybe that's the finger, maybe that's some other stuff. But anyway, Lamb had a fantastic touchdown catch, great throw by Cooper Russ. He was wide open, but a perfect route by C. Lamb. And we're we're talking, by the way. You're, you're right. Sorry to interrupt you, but it ain't like Cooper Rush is putting up Tom Brady oh. numbers. He was 15 to 27. Um. Yeah, he's not doing huge numbers, but he um but Michael Gallup came back, caught a uh, caught a touchdown pass, which was you could tell it was very much excited CD Lamb and, and everybody involved there. Um, you know, he came back from this injury. And I think Michael Gallup makes a huge difference for their offense as well. I thought Zeke Elliott had you know really long, a 31 yard uh reception. He's like more much more explosive this year. And then um just defensively, like somebody better hire Dan Quinn as their coach this offseason. I would. Um, I mean, if I were the Panthers, I would hire Dan Quinn in a heartbeat. If I were the Steelers, I'd hire Dan Quinn to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> next game. All right. Next up, Seahawks forty-eight. Yeah, Gino. Lions forty-five. Gino Smith is crushing Debo. I see Debo ain't here to take his medicine. Fire. Gino better than you want a piece of this. I don't think Debo's here. He don't want that. He don't want that Gino Smith heat after talking up Carson. Gino, uh, Gino completed. 23 of 30 pass attempts, 76.7% for 320 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He has a 77.3 completion percentage through his first four games this season. The highest completion percentage with a minimum of 125 attempts by a quarterback in his first four games of a season in NFL history. He was my player of the game, my player of the, of the day on HQ today. I, I was given, I was dapping up Geno left and right. By the way, this is Geno's full name, which makes him even awesomer. Gino, Cyr- I mean, excuse me, Eugene Cyril Gino Smith the third. That oh. is a fantastic lawyer name, uh, and a fantastic quarterback football name. I mean, Gino yeah. Smith has just objectively played better than Russell Wilson this year. Yeah, you think there was- were points in practice like last December or, or November where the Seahawks players were like, "Why isn't no. Gino starting?" Because Russell I, looked so bad last year at the, the end of the year. Broken. Gino also rushed for forty nine yards too, so he, he did it with his arms and with his legs. Yay, Gino. By the way, the second best part of this game, DK getting a uh, golf cart ride to the doo-doo room. Did you see that? Is that what Lamar should have done? That was the only way he was going to make that Lamar one Lamar waddled out of the it, 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 DK even tweeted about it. He's like, hey, the little the little Clint shuffle wasn't going to make it the whole way. I mean, you must have really got to go when you have to take the take the Just, airport golf cart to get there. Think of like trying to flag down the cart and like <laughs> every one of the broadcasts thinks you have gotten injured so you have to explain why you got on the cart. I didn't see as it was he on the field when it happened or was it no, like slyly left the field. They mentioned yeah. they're like, and, and, and DK Metcalf is just left in a cart. And you assume if somebody's leaving on a cart that they are injured. And nope, just deuces because they got to take a deuce. Uh, Tom in the chat has a fun fact Lions are first in points and 32nd in points allowed through four games. That checks out. That this is a team out. that can, they can just, the, the, we got to keep taking the overs. It was 47 coming into this game, uh, 47 next week. Jamal Williams looks great. Rashad Penny loves playing the Lions. I believe he had a, he had 151 rushing yards and two touchdowns on 17 carries. Had a ton of rushing yards against him last season as well. Um, and they got 170 
at the versus the Lions in 2021. He looks like he started to get it going. Kenneth Walker looks, didn't do a whole lot. Gino had a rushing touchdown too. Um, DK Metcalf, 149 receiving yards on seven catches. I don't know that this is about the Seahawks being um, great offensively or better offensively than we think. I think it's about the Lions defense being bad and the Lions finding ways to lose close games. Seattle sort of had this one and felt like they had it in in. Did it feel like they had it in hand most of the game? Like they were up 10 points. It felt like throughout like a large portion of the game. And then Detroit, you know, as they do, they cut the lead to, you know, they trim the lead quickly late. Um, I think this is just what the Lions are going to be all season. Yeah. A roller coaster ride. Yeah. But it's been like the, the games are going to be fun. They are going to be like the fan, for DFS, for fantasy. They are great. Um, and whoever they're playing is probably going to score a bunch of points. Are the they Seahawks have, a viable um, contender in that division? Yes. There's, uh, before we talk about the Seahawks, the Lions have two first-round picks as well, one coming from the Rams. And it's funny to say this. By the way, Wilson Mock Draft 2.0 comes out Monday, so look for that. Ooh, that's exciting. But it's funny to say this, that, you know, thinking about doing this mock draft, like the offensive line is really good. The the receivers are really good. Amon Ross St. Brown was out. TJ Shark was out. That didn't help. Hawkinson had 81-yard reception today, almost scored. Yeah, yeah, Hawkinson had eight catches, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift was out, as Breach noted. And they seem to like Jared Goff. So if they draft two guys on defense with those first round picks, maybe we're making the next step because I said over the first three weeks, that this team looked different than last year's team and that they would give up points, but not lose the lead. This game was obviously the exception, but to answer your question, yeah, the Seahawks team are in the conversation in, in that division because I mean, the Cardinals suck. They, they beat a dog crap, terrible Panthers team today. We don't know what Jimmy G's all about. He's probably not great. And, and then you have the Rams. Yeah, Seahawks are absolutely alive, which is hilarious because Russell Wilson's not even there, and they fixed the offensive line as soon as he left. Uh, the the I, I would th- I would think that the Lions, depending on where those two picks end up uh, with the, the Rams and their own pick, will look at a, a quarterback. This is like the time to look at it because you have yeah, I don't know you, know, you have easy contract numbers for golf ten million dollars in dead cap next after next year. He hasn't been bad though. Year. He hasn't been bad. Like that. He hasn't been bad, but I'm saying they're going to have to get somebody younger. Why? He's not even 30, I don't think, is he? No. Yeah. Fix the defense. He was 26 at 39 with four touchdowns. Why would you draft a quarterback? Seahawks defense sucks too, by the way. Okay. Fine. You can go. I like, I like, I don't hate golf. Go for it. And you also, one more note of this game. This was the first ever 48 45 oh, score. Right. You score got me. In- NFL yeah. history, it was a score of Oh, 1,073rd uh, score, final score in NFL history. The two clubs combined for 93 points and 1,075 total yards of offense. Mm. It marks the second game in NFL history in which two teams combined for at least 90 points and 1,075 yards, total yards of offense. Joining, a shocker, the Bengals and the Browns in week two of the 2007 season. 2007 points and 1,085 total yards. Derek Anderson and, and Carson Palmer, maybe? Was it wasn't Brady Quinn, was it? No, nah, Brady didn't start in 07. Oh, oh, yeah. That uh, team, that Browns team won 10 games somehow. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they didn't make the playoffs, though. They did not make the playoffs, correct? Yeah. Uh, let's see, 2000. I'll find it real quick. 51 45. That was Carson Palmer had 401 passing yards, six touch, passing touchdowns. Derek Henderson had 328 passing yards, five passing touchdowns. Oh my God, Jamal Lewis ran for 216 yards in that game. 
Rudy Johnson a buck eighteen. Chad Johnson had two hundred nine receiving yards. Braylon Edwards had a buck forty six, and Kellen Winslow had a hundred as well. Good gracious, man! That's a throwback. I wonder what the total was. I the total was. The total was forty one and a half. It went over. <laughs> Suffice to say. By the way, I don't want to. We missed. I missed this stat earlier, but I just found it. Carson Wentz averaged four yards per attempt uh, in the game that they lost on Sunday. It's the third lowest mark in franchise history. You're circling back to dog of Carson Wentz. Is that what that was? I was going through my my notes and I saw that one. I somehow missed that steaming pile of a statistic. All right, go ahead. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, my Eagles and Ryan Steelers. Mm. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Eagles 29, Jaguars 21. Jaguars started out hot, jumped all over the Eagles, had them down 14-0, I believe. Yep, correct. And then the Eagles uh, quickly made it 29-14. Um, thanks to some turnovers from Trevor Lawrence and some timely offense by the Philadelphia rushing attack, which featured Miles Sanders, 27 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts was fine, nothing special. Uh, weather was kind of gross in this one, too. I think Ian was really uh, peppering uh, Philadelphia, so you couldn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't ideal. Uh, Hurts had that pick six early on. I just think the thing about the Eagles, for me, and I know their schedule is easy, I think the Jaguars are pretty good. The Eagles are like just sort of, they just sort of, flex. I don't know if it's like a flex on, the, I don't know, they just sort of seem to have the, like they, they, they don't, they don't have a ton of variance to them. They're very steady, right? Does that make sense? No, I think so. And, and you know, the opposite of steady is a quarterback who throws an interception and loses four fumbles, which is Trevor Lawrence. Um sure. And that had a lot to do with the outcome as well. And yeah, sure, he can blame the weather, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine and all that. That had an impact in how things played out. Uh, Jalen only threw the ball 25 times, and Trevor threw the ball 23 times. Uh, You noted that Miles Sanders had a huge game, and every time I looked up, he seemed to be scoring. And uh, the Eagles' defense sort of picked up the slack. I I think that Jalen bounced back nicely after that pick six on on the first series to Andre Sisco. Shout out Syracuse. Um, And I think you're right. I think the Jaguars are a good football team. And I, when they were at 14 nothing, I was like, oh, my God, this team's going to be 3-1, and one, and Brent's going to be talking about how he was right to pick them to win the division. They're still very much in the mix to win the division. And I, the freak occurrence of Trevor Lawrence losing all those those fumbles, I don't think that's that's sustainable. So I, I think there's very much a reason for optimism with, with Jacksonville. And, of course, the Eagles are 4-0, and they are 
to your point, at least anecdotally, I'll see what Football Outsider says in a second, seem to be even Steven. Like, there's not a lot of variation in terms of the way they play. Well, this is one of those things, too, where, like, what would happen if this game was played in dry weather? Because I doubt uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbles the ball four times. If the, if it's not pouring down rain, I mean, it was a torrential downpour, and it, I think it was the most fumbles by any player in NFL games since at least 1991 uh, with Trevor Lawrence losing four fumbles. And the thing was, they were all big because the first one, you guys mentioned that the uh, that Jacksonville went up 14 to nothing, and it felt like the Eagles got uh, not desperate. They were like, yeah, we can't let this team get up by any more points because near the end of the first quarter, they had a fourth and three at Jacksonville's 40-yard line, and they're thinking, we're going for this because that's the only thing to do. We're not punting from here. We're down 14 nothing. Uh they didn't get it. So then when Jacksonville got the stop, it really felt like, oh my God, maybe the Jags can put the nail in the coffin here and like go up 21 nothing. Uh, but instead, Trevor Lawrence fumbles it. Philadelphia scores a few plays later. It's 14 to seven. Uh, you know, another two possessions later, Trevor Lawrence fumbles it. The Eagles score a few plays later. They're ahead. 14 nothing uh, deficit never happened. So it just felt like Jacksonville kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, so, it's, it's a young team on the road against a. Maybe like the team with the best record in football and and a good defense in bad weather conditions and it's okay. Interestingly, Football Outsiders has the Eagles variance as literally middle of the pack. They're seventeenth. Oh, in terms of consistency from one week to the next, but they don't feel like that. They feel like a much more consistent team. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe that's probably part and parcel of this right here. How they score. They have a yeah. negative 14-point differential in the first quarter, a plus 71-point differential in the second quarter, a plus 7-point differential in the third quarter, and a minus 20-point differential in the fourth quarter. They've scored 85, 7 points in the first quarter, 85 in the second, 14 in the third, and 9 in the fourth. I believe they've scored their first fourth-quarter points today, right? Uh, I think that's right, yeah. Yes. Which is – I mean, some of that is because the Eagles are – you know, you've got a lead, you're sort of trying to – you know, eat, you know, shorten the game, eat up clock, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the slow start, I think maybe even more concerning Billy, uh, now that Debo's Debo's not here, right? Would you like to pop on audio and, and or, or video and give your takes on the Eagles while I go? Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was nice to see because finally it, we got a test, right? Like we've been blowing out a lot of teams, getting up on them early and kind of taking advantage of that. But you know, it was kind of nice to see that they could come from behind and win and, and kind of settle down. Even seeing Jalen throw that early interception and like, you know, that could rattle a quarterback, especially he's young. It's only his second year really being a, a true starter. You know, seeing him take over the game and in and, and bad inclement weather was, was really nice to see and like really good for his development going forward. But Breeze, you talking about, you know, Jaguars shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, those were forced turnovers. Those weren't, I mean, you could say that the one fumble was necessarily, you know, Trevor Lawrence just dropping the ball, but the other, the other two fumbles were forced. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to give it up to the Eagles defensive line, which <laughs> played very well. It's probably one of the best defense, if not the best defensive line in the NFL right now. So, and shout out to Hassan Reddick, Philly guy, Temple made shout out to him. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I thought you were a little tripping for that one. Now, I, I, the Eagles were definitely the better team in this game. I think that, uh, it, it, like Billy just said, to see them go down, because uh, it was it, that was the thought. Like, what, what's going to happen when they get punched in the mouth or they make a mistake? And they weren't even phased. They fell down 14-0, came right back, and had the lead before halftime. So that's exactly what you want to see 
from a team that ha- could be a championship caliber team. Oh, look at that. Back on, the, on the DK bus. Bye. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Brinson. Yeah, you you missed Billy uh, slap Brinson uh, breach around for for not being. Pro- oh, oh, oh. oh, he missed! He missed it! He missed! Oh, and he may have pulled a hand. Billy said, "I need to give the Eagles defense more credit for forcing the fumbles on Trevor Lawrence." Billy's been on this podcast fifteen minutes, and Breach is always already backing down like he's afraid of him. I didn't back down. Personally, I wouldn't take this level of disrespect. Yeah, Billy didn't take it. Was, I'm not using the bathroom. I was going to get him. Put some ice in my glass. That's you keep your, what they all say. You keep your liquor in the bathroom. That's do you go to the bathroom in your glass? <laughs> uh, our buddy Joe Musso's in the comments making uh, Brinson Dookie cart jokes. So put, put in the uh, where's the Musso comment up there about? He said, "Who told Wilson mixing greens is a good idea? I might have to go audio only." <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to rep the ba- the brand here. This. Oh, I guess you're trying to tell everybody you're American too, huh? With a USA hat. Who do you think you are? It's a US. It's a USA soccer hat. No, I'm just kidding. I know. We don't have a soccer team. Brinson hates the US, is what I got from that. All right, what's next? Good we'll job, Billy. Soccer. Breach next week. Don't back down from Billy if he gives you the business. Have, you know. Well, he's new to the show. I don't want to get off to a bad start with him. Like, hey, Breach, you did your team. Oh, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Yeah, Breach. don't be scared. What, Brinson? Who did your team beat last week? What pathetic uh, team did you? Miami Dolphins? That uh, team? Oh, no, no, no. So this was the, this week. Oh, uh, in week three, the New York Jets. <laughs> a horrible football team, right? Truly. It would be tough to lose them. No, I don't look, think anyone could lose to them. You know who picked them to, to win this week? Did you really? Yeah. Have you seen the Steelers play? I have. They're not very good. And they lost on Kenny Pickett Day, 24 to 20 to the New York Jets. Kenny Steelers followed one and three. Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett's here, presumably stay. Mitchell Trubisky, bench. Don't presume. Thomas said after the game, I haven't made any decisions. Okay. Trubisky benched after going 7 and 13 for 84 yards and one interception. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett goes 10 to 13. He actually didn't um, throw a single incompletion, technically. No, he was. Uh, one of his passes for, hit the ground. 13 for 13. Thir- 10 to 13 with 120 yards and three picks for Kenny Pickett. So the first, he came in. Did a quarterback. Here's the most hilarious thing about the Kenny Pickett era. Um, let me back up by saying this. Thomas said all week that, you know, Trubisky's getting better. He's going to start. Here's the thing. If you know you're going to Kenny Pickett because Mitch Trubisky sucks, let him play the entire game to get some reps. Because guess what? Guess what's coming up? The Bills, the Bucks, 
the Dolphins, the Eagles, and then you get your bye. How about you let Kenny Pickett go out there and wing it around against a what's supposed to be a terrible Jets team and get some confidence before he rolled him out there against the Bills next week where he's going to get sacked 5,000 times, number one. Number two, he came in, the first five plays, they ran the ball in some form. The most hilarious part was one of those plays was a QB sneak. He did two quarterback sneaks, including scoring a touchdown in a quarter of work. Big Ben did probably two quarterback sneaks in 20 years of football. Maybe two. So, so, right, suddenly something's changed where the quarterback sneak is a viable option given that Jacoby Brissett and Tom Brady and Drew Brees can always convert it. Whatever. Big so Ben hated QB sneaks and they just he just wouldn't do them. Who knows? There's any number of reasons to to be curious as of why this offense. Or the Jets weren't ready for a QB sneak because they're like Steelers haven't run one in 27 years. There's no so way. So on gonna the happen. fifth play, they throw the ball down the field. Kenny throws a bomb in the middle of the field. Mr. Bisky refuses to throw the ball in the middle of the field. So that's that's an upgrade. But he throws it about four seconds too late uh into double coverage. Chase Claypool, who's six four. Uh, looked like he was John Breach out there in terms of his effort to to uh, go up and get the ball. He jumped his vertical. Let's assume his vertical is thirty five. It may be higher than that. His vertical was probably one. Yeah, and he, he had his like, hands like me jumping. He had his hands at his waist where he tried to catch it. So clearly, so he had my height with Princeton's vertical. Yeah, no, no, my height with your my height with your vertical. Either way, what? results pre- predictable. Int. So well, and, and, and it was a bad balance. Like it wasn't. It wasn't. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a great decision or a great throw, but it was like. Claypool's hands got on it, but then the cornerback kind of got it and popped it up in the safety. It was a culmination of crappiness from the Steelers that led to the interception. Second interception, whatever. He threw it late to the sidelines. It got tipped. Third interception was the Hail Mary at the end of the game. Kenny Pickett was fine. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think anything's going to magically change with that schedule. I'll just write out to you. I don't know why Tomlin waited. Look at who's he fooling. Mr. Bisky was was pissed off after the game, and that's fine. He didn't play well enough to keep his job, and that's no surprise. He is who he is. The defense got steamrolled. Zach Wilson's numbers weren't great. But his team loves him. I'll tell you that, man. Those guys love Zach Wilson, which is sort of funny because he looks like a yeah. like the, the most broy bro ever. Um, but his first game of the season because he had the knee injury in preseason, made some throws on that last drive that got him into the end zone. Brees Hall played well, yada, yada, yada. I felt like, I mean, I don't know how, like maybe this sounds stupid in three weeks, like a lot of things we say. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but it did feel like Zach Wilson's fourth quarter. You see the numbers here. He's 8-24 eight, eight for 124 yards. 5.2 yards per attempt, zero touchdowns, two picks in the first three quarters. Fourth quarter, 10 to 12, 128, 10.7 yards per attempt, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Sort of like kind of letting it, like, you know, this happens all the time. You know, you're, 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 you're cutting it loose. You're coming back. You're trying, you're not thinking as much and, and just more like playing and throwing. And it did feel like maybe a bit of a turning point for him, just in terms of if he can string these kind of performances together and win some games. Then the the Jets are gonna. There's gonna be a lot more patience around the Jets organization. They need that if they are correctly building. Now, whether or not they are correctly building remains to be seen. No, but that's a huge thing. That's right. Because with their first round pick, do you have to get another quarterback, or can you address other needs? Right. Uh, I had them addressing the defense in the first round of this place mock draft. Unless they fire Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, I think it's too early to. Go no, just like Tua, if he came out here and threw 50 interceptions and two touchdowns, you're moving on. But he he's not, and he looked good. And I think the most embarrassing part of this game for the Steelers isn't that last drive. Zach's a, a, a top five pick, and he's capable of doing that. It's the fact that their first touchdown that the Eagles, uh, the Jets scored, was on the the Philly special, and Zach Wilson caught a t- touchdown pass from Brandon Barrios, first Jets quarterback nice. in franchise history to catch a touchdown. Oh. I mean, Wilson, if you watch this whole game, if, in the, when the Steelers I didn't, went up, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, w- looking at his numbers, imagine being there and 
the Steelers go up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And based on what Zach Wilson had done the first three quarters, there was no indication right. that the Jets could have possibly even come remotely close to making a comeback. And then here we are, Zach Wilson turning into Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter uh, with these insane numbers, throwing for 128 yards and, and everything uh, you guys just said. So I, I, that's a great building block. When you have a guy who missed the first three weeks of the season, comes out, makes his debut, looks like dog doo-doo, to quote Ryan, uh, for, through the first three quarters, and then just looks unstoppable the fourth quarter. That's what you want to see. Uh, so, you, I mean, if you're the Jets, you got to feel pretty good about yourself right now and about what Zach Wilson can do going forward. What do you think about Mika Fitzpatrick standing up for the game? We got to quit losing to these teams. We should we 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 know we're better than. Are they? I don't know if they're better than the Jets. The scoreboard said obviously they're not, but personnel wise, coaching wise, I've seen nothing this season, including the Week One miracle win <laughs> over the Bengals, which in hindsight is uh, almost as crazy as that Bills went over this uh, the, over the uh, the win over the Bills last week one last year's week one this team sucks like they're they're one of the worst teams in the nfl yikes ryan you don't think uh mike tom is going to keep his streak alive without a losing season well i put that to you not as a rhetorical question but as to hopefully elicit a response mm. they're okay. bottom five name five teams worse than them well, they, beat the Texans. Lose, they probably lose three of the next four games right three of the next four who are they beating or all four. The Dolphins. Imagine they win against How the Bengals in the week Dolphins? one. I don't, and know why. Don't, I don't know why I'm and, suggesting that. Yeah. Imagine they beat the Bengals in week one and don't win another game the rest of the season. I feel like there's a chance that they steal one of these four games. but Why? What well, makes you think Three that? or four on the road. Yeah. All right. Fine. So they're one and seven. Here's the thing. To follow up on Breach's point, let's assume they win three games instead of one. Either way, now you're going to be in a situation where presumably Kenny Pickett continues to start to use your word presumably even though what Mike Tomlin said let's say he continues to start and he's average now you're in a position if you have a top three pick where you could get a quarterback in this class that is way better than any quarterback in last year's class including Kenny Pickett or you can go in another direction now it might be a good situation if you're fine with Kenny and maybe Kenny's going to be okay where you can trade down this will be a draft where teams will want to trade up for a quarterback so maybe you get some draft capital that way but how do you, how do you think maybe we've talked about this before but I, I, do you think that the GM situation is such that like Omar Khan would be allowed, like no. allowed to draft uh, immediately someone to replace the guy that Kevin Colbert drafted on the way out of town. Not unless Mike Tomlin is on board with it. I don't think there's a situation yeah. where that's going to happen. Like you think Omar Khan's going to be able to fire. Let's say he wanted to fire Mike Tomlin for whatever reason. No, he's, he's, no, he's not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he could say he'd be better off asking. Mike Tomlin's more likely to get him fired than he is. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, all right. Yeah. A lot of, uh, the, Tough four weeks coming up for the Steelers. Are One they, seven are they, a weird spot for Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, Wisconsin coach. <laughs> what was he last year? USC was that where he yeah, was getting mad like, about? Yeah. He's like, you ask Andy Reid about that? Do you? He's like, because I've been, I had the same number of titles and I've been especially the same number of wins. Yeah. No, I mean, look, every team has a rough patch, and the Steelers, this is their rough patch, and it is oh. it's hard to watch. That's hey, you know, it's probably shouldn't. Be surprising that the Patriots and the Steelers, who have had you know these incredible quarterback runs, are now finding themselves. Hey, welcome to the no, welcome to the normal reality of the of NFL football, guys. Uh, the Patriots almost speaking still of who, which, 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 speaking of whom, which Packers twenty seven, Patriots twenty four. Bailey Zappy. 
Packers saves every survivor league on the planet because everyone had the Packers this week. Um, it's plus nine and a half. I mean, I haven't yeah. covered that number. Patriots fall to one and three after losing in overtime. They had multiple chances to take this game. We're up 24 to 17 in the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers marched down the field and got a touchdown pass. Um, Bailey Zappi playing for Brian Hoyer played pretty good. Yeah, it was nice to a whole bunch. Well, of course not. He's just like a six round pick playing in like your third string quarterback and you go toe to toe with the Packers for four quarters. I'd say that's pretty impressive. Well, I think if we're going to be honest, uh, for people who actually watched the game and, and took fastidious notes. Oh! The Bengals, I mean the Bengals, the, the Patriots are running all up yes. the Packers business. I mean, Bailey Zappi was 10 to 15. They did not want him to throw the ball the first time he dropped back. It was a, it was a strip sack. Um, he did well, throw and, like, and the throws he was making were like clearly like designed sort of shot plays where he, he was floating it like as high as possible to make sure it wasn't picked. And like when he, I, when I watched him, happy on the, on the ball, it's, right. When I watched him at Western Kentucky and at the senior bowl, I kept coming back to this guy's duck Hodges. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a good arm. He, he throws for a trillion yards in college. And he's one of those sort of, you know, those, those, I don't know if it's air raid office he played in, but one of those air uh, quarterbacks in college that drops back 50 times and, and completes 45 passes. In Western, Western Kentucky Mac. Uh, I can't remember. No, I, I think maybe there's a Sun Belt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Fun Belt. Yeah, either way, they're yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a wide open offense, and and he slung the ball around in much the same way Duck Hodges did. But he look, man, 10 to 15, 99 yards, and that touchdown, no interception. I think he did have that that one coverage. Turnover. USA, excuse me. Yeah, but the the running game was the reason they were in that thing, and the defense. Um, and by the way, look, Bailey Zappi wasn't a first round pick, but he was a, a rookie who contributed. Also contributing, I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure. Uh, Marcus Jones. A draft pick, a day three guy for the pay, the Patriots, did well as a returner. Jack Jones, the rookie out of Arizona State, had the pick six against Aaron Rodgers. And then, of course, Bailey Zappi played. So, and Cole Strange, it started. Like, he's he's one of their best players already along that offensive line, the first-round pick that had everyone up in arms back in late April. So, I think the draft had a lot to do with that success today. They don't even have Tyquan Thornton out there. But I think the other issue is um, you can't expect to win with, with Bailey Zappi or even probably Brian Hoyer. But – they did as well as they could, all things considered, with Mac Jones being uh, out. Breach, do they win this game if Mac Jones is playing? Not if Mac Jones is hurt. No, no. Yeah, is, he, is he playing as well on ankles? Are you 100%? 100%. I feel like if he's 100%, probably. I, I, I think the, the Packers were maybe caught off guard. I don't want to say they overlooked the Patriots, because, but that's what it felt like. They, they are going to – wait, they're going to London next week. Like yeah. you got a ten point, you got a ten point, you got a two, you're a double digit favorite at home against a wounded duck Patriots team, knowing that you're going on an international travel in seven days. Like, I could see a little bit of a look ahead there. Uh, Florio mentioned this uh, in a tweet. I think they probably wrote about it, but he said whoever the whoever the Patriots get signed to play quarterback, if Mac can't play and if Brian Hoyer's still out with a concussion, they better have the passport because you got to be able to go overseas right quick. So that's going to be a contingency for whoever. Could be their next quarterback. Um, the Patriots aren't traveling. Oh, who'd you say was traveling? The Packers. Who are they playing? Uh, they played somebody on Sunday morning. Oh, maybe the team they're playing was the one that he wrote about. I thought it was the. It's uh, the Giants. 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 Oh, that's oh the Giants. Giants. Daniel, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. That's what it was. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, Viking uh, Saints, Giants. 
Packers yeah. one and three against the spread. By the way, oh, oh, Billy's feeling himself. The Eagles fan. He just put this comment into the into the chat. Is there a difference between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? Billy, you need to. I mean, check yourself. Mac Jones has not been good this year, but <laughs> come on he's, now. He's, he when he's healthy, he's better than Bailey Zappi. What if Bailey Zappi wins six Super Bowls for Belichick, and we have to look back in this podcast and Brinson's quote is just all over the internet for years? That'd be amazing. I, I was like, ooh, Bailey, I kind of want Bailey's happy to win. Like, what if, Now, look, Lions at home, at Browns, Bears at home, at Jets, Colts at home, by Jets at home. This is where Bill Belichick has to, like, stack some wins. You better like, go be the greatest coach of all time and, st- and just take some wins from bad teams. Because one and three, where they are right now, I wonder if uh, Mac will play next week. Apparently, he was telling teammates this week he was going to play. It's hard to play in a high school spring, no, no matter. Way. Right? You don't think next week either? No. Okay. You just if you're out there and you can't move around, it, it takes away part of what you can do as a quarterback. You know, like he's not Tom Brady who can just spot where he wants to throw it in 1.2 seconds and sling it. I think. I, really, he can. I think if you're Belichick, and I'm not saying anything, nothing's a free win for this point for the Patriots, but you do feel like you can cook a, a plan. With the run game and your defense against Jared Goff, and you know, potentially. Well, the problem is that the Lions can score points. It's unclear if the Patriots can score a lot of points. Everyone can score. Everyone's can score against the Lions. Well, we'll see. I don't know if Bailey Zappi can. Um, yeah, I think the Patriots will be able to run on the Lions. Yeah. By the way, also worth noting. I mean, we talk about, or I was anyway, talking about how good the Patriots' defense was, and they kept in that game. And I think that's true. But Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon still went for 183 yards on the ground. Yeah. yeah for, and by for, the way, if Romeo Dubson dropped that freaking ball in the end zone yeah, at, the, at the end of the fourth quarter, they were having this conversation. And they just kept chipping away. Like I don't think the Packers had a run of more than 20 yards. It was just. Yep. They sure. kept running it, kept running it, kept getting three, four, five yards per carry, and there was nothing New England could do. And I bet that frustrated the hell out of Belichick. I, I think uh, it is worth noting that it feels like the Packers receiving core is kind of coming along. You're getting better. Yeah, I think so. Like, Romeo Dobbs is playing pretty well. Uh, that drop is tough. Like, you got to hold on to that. But, I mean, you know, he, made, yeah, he, he, he did made the hard the part, catch. and then he went to the ground and dropped it. Yeah, he, well, I'm saying, right. But I'm just saying he made the catch. Like, it's not like that Christian Watson Christian Watson dropped in week oh, one. God. Uh uh, Watson had a touchdown catch, but it got called back for holding, maybe. And then Alan Lazard over 100 had, a, had 116 receiving yards in this game as well. Packers are maybe they're traveling. Okay, Broncos. Excuse me, Raiders 32, Broncos 23. Josh McDaniels gets his first win. I couldn't help but notice that after he took a knee, Derek Carr. I'm sure there's video of him doing this somewhere because I know what he was doing. It's fine. He like, you know, usually you see somebody flick the ball to like whatever. He like held the ball and you could tell he's like running around with like, make sure Josh gets the ball for his first win here. Oh, you're back fine. On, normal. Back normal on hating stuff. the Derek Carr thing now? No, I'm just saying. I'm going to give you the same advice that Derek Carr gave Russell Wilson when he signed, signed a shirt and gave to Russ after the game. Keep Jesus first, Princeton. Did you say that? He wrote it on his jersey. Hey, really? Yeah. Hmm. Not That's some cool. words you words words you could live by. Um, here's yeah, the thing that before we settle down, Princeton lives by the motto of keep Princeton first. Yeah, through that. Before we talk about the team that won, and I'm glad they won, 
if you were just watching this game like on a black and white television, which used to be a thing, I'm sure you guys know what that is, and Never. didn't know who was who, you would be convinced that the Raiders were the the much better team that was two and one coming into this game, and the way the Broncos played, that they're they're a craptastic football team. Um, last year, the Broncos were one of the least penalized teams in the league. Unsurprisingly, after seven in, uh, penalties uh, on Sunday, they remain one of the most penalized teams. And I'll give you two words as, as to why that might be. Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett. Those are the two words. Uh, by the way, it sounds like Javante Williams' season might be over. Or at yeah, least they fear it's a serious knee injury. Randy Gregory left with a knee injury as well. So the, those are obviously concerns. Again, Russ Wilson looks like Geno Smith prior to this season, 17-25. Um, he had a nice touchdown pass late in the game uh, to KJ Hamler. Oh, actually, KJ didn't get in, got down to the one. That was KJ's first catch of the season. Um, well, here's what I feel good about. I wasn't convinced the Broncos were going to be good before the season just because of the transition. Little did I know about the Nathaniel Hackett factor, which is um, it's a real thing, my man. And Nathaniel Hackett, I'm not even joking. I don't want anyone to lose their job, but it's hard to make the case that he's making this team better. The Nathaniel Hackett factor has single-handedly made me regret my Broncos Super Bowl pick. Oh, Not even how bad the pick was, but Only every four weeks, every four weeks in, and they're two and two, which isn't even that bad. But there is at least eight things per game that has you scratching your head and wondering what the heck they're doing. And then on top of Nathaniel Hackett, who knew that uh, Melvin Gordon was just going to have <sighs> back-breaking fumbles every single week? I mean, He's we're talking about this season now. And and one of them against the Seahawks at the one yard line when you're looking at taking the lead in a close game, and then this game you're in a ten ten tie and you fumble it and the Raiders turn it for a touchdown and now you're trailing six. sixteen to ten. And when your offense is that bad, you can't afford to let the other team's defense score points. It was just unbelievable. I actually thought besides that fumble return touchdown, the Broncos' offense looked the most competent it's looked all season in the first half. Yeah. And and then obviously they got a touchdown near the end, which was kind of, I don't want to say garbage time, but they were down two scores and it happened late. Uh, and they did get the ball back. So it wasn't like true garbage time, but they looked okay in the first half. I mean, they had three drives in the, in the third quarter where they went five plays, 12 yards, three plays, negative four yards, <laughs> three plays, oh no, excuse, yeah, negative one yard, punt, punt, punt. That's... That's second half adjustments on them. That's pretty bad. And yeah, Hackett is a problem. The the Raiders had 240 rushing yards in the first three games, had 212 on Sunday, 5.6 yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns. Jacobs uh, Josh, went off. Josh Jacobs did go off, and he was like the chalkiest chalk in DFS, which and I didn't I didn't eat the chalk, and so I didn't win anything. Um the Raiders schedule is such that they're at Kansas City in week five on Monday Night Football, which, you know, good luck with that. Uh, then they're by, but then they get Houston at the Saints, at the Jaguars, the Colts, at the Broncos, at the Seahawks. Like, that's a pretty pretty good stretch of winnable games where maybe they can – I think they're probably toast, but – They're more likely to make the playoffs than the Broncos. I feel very safe in saying that. Yeah. Wilson, why would you have to say that? Do you think who's more likely to make the playoffs in your mind, Breach? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. <laughs> um, by the way, you mentioned in passing, I don't think you mentioned the actual date. Do you remember the, do you know the date, the last time that Josh McDaniels won a football game as a head coach? It's 2010. November 2010. November 2010. Almost 12 yeah. years ago. 
I was uh, in my, Russell I was Wilson, in my thirties. Like, we're getting a lot of, uh, I think he had a lot of passes blocked down. Um, huge stretch these next four weeks for, uh, for the Broncos. Colts at home, Lost. at the Chargers, Lost. Jets at home, at the Jaguars, at Jaguars, but that's in England. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna say they go one and three. No, if they go one and three, it's adios, uh, adios, breach, uh, breach amigo. I'll say two and two. That's still adios, breach amigo. No, that's, that's not adios anything. If they get if they're four and four going to their bye, they're fine. Are they? Fine, but you're well, okay. I, fine. <laughs> they're not fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're... It's weird. They've like won two games they should have lost and lost two games they should have won. And it's going to even out where they're going to lose everything. They're just. They're just... <laughs> A little rocky throwback. Billy's been doing more work than Debo ever done this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Debo's retired. Uh, He's on an island somewhere sipping Mai Tais. All right, anything else on uh, Raiders Broncos? Nope. Okay. This podcast is moving fast. Let's see how we can screw it up. Chargers 34, Texas 24. The Texans remain the last winless team in football. A big-time flex by the Chargers on these guys. They were up uh, 21-0 with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. After losing Rashawn Slater... After they were missing Keenan Allen this game, and of course Justin Herbert still banged up, twenty-seven to thirty-nine feels like too many passes for a game you dominated, but whatever. Three hundred forty passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Austin Eckler caught one. Jared Jones Everett caught one. Mike Williams had a big game. Uh, Davis Mills uneven game. Damian Pierce huge game. Fourteen to thirty. Mm-hmm. Fourteen carries, one hundred and thirty-one yards and a touchdown, including a seventy-five yard that seventy-five yard touchdown. Um, Texas feel like. Like I like I know they're 3 and one, but I don't I don't feel like I'm like I feel like the Texans are about where they should be. Like they just like last year with David Culley, they played. I said it last year at the time that the Texans and the Lions played so much harder for their coaches than um, the Jaguars did for Urban Meyer, and that certainly panned out. Texans fired David Culley, hired Lovey Smith. I feel like they're playing hard for Lovey Smith too. And Lovey Smith is taking more chances than he used to, going for on fourth down. Um, they're you know they they made that 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 big comeback. Fell short against the Chargers. Davis Mills threw an interception, uh, I think, on his third pass. Yeah, they cut it to 27 24. So there's reasons for optimism. This team isn't stacked with playmakers. I do wonder what's going to happen if they have a top five pick. Uh, do you go with Davis Mills for year three? I, I sort of think you do if he continues to progress, or do you draft a quarterback, which, you know, obviously every team has to consider uh, once you get down that stretch. But that's a ways off. That's whatever, seven months away. But I, I think. Um, Davis and, and let's see how these quarterbacks, you know, end up slotting out too. Like you could yeah. get there and you have the top of the real pick. You're like, we're just taking Will Anderson because he's the best player. No, that's. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of QB talk, much more so than last year. Thank God. Well, but anyway, of course, yeah. I think I think that you stick with Davis Mills. He, he's he's been. Like if you're the number one overall pick, you like would you go? Like you, Bryce Young's probably your guy today, right? No, a lot of teams are concerned about the size. Okay, so who's your who's your guy? But that it's it, this is going to be controversial to media folks. It's going to be I think Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are going to be guys that are going to get talked up. Okay, I can see that. So, yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see. But Will Will Anderson is like Chase Young. He's like Aiden Hutchinson. He's like Kevin Thibodeau. He's. Yeah, I guess I just think with like Levis, by the way, who fumbled several times against. Yeah, Levis. that offensive line sucks. For yeah, Kentucky. of course. Uh, I'm but just yeah, like with, with like he didn't Levis. Play well. and, with any of these guys, like your, no, there's none of them as of right now are like necessarily 
definitely better than Davis Mills at the next level. So um, yeah, and Davis Mills was young. He didn't play a lot at Stanford, so I, I think that's fair. Yeah, and we said, you know, Prisco and I both said this last year. Davis came out last year and said the year before he'd have been the first quarterback taken, so, and a first-round pick. Chargers, oh, yeah. uh, Chargers season back on, uh, back off of life support? Yeah, I don't know who played left tackle today. I, I didn't, I didn't check into that, but if they get that sorted out, and you're not going to be able to replace Rashawn Slater, obviously, but and uh, you know, but duct tape piecemeal away that helps. Justin Herbert, uh, from what I saw, was moving around pretty well. He didn't look to be favoring the ribs as much as he was last week. Yeah, they're back in it. Broncos and Seahawks at, or excuse me, at Browns, Broncos and Seahawks next three weeks before they're by, and then they're at Atlanta. So they could rip off a couple of wins here. And they and should, they should be three and one in those games. We'll see. I, I, I would, I would back the Chargers over the. Somebody says uh, Salier. He played great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jamari oh, Salier. Jamari Salier, the rookie out of, yeah. out of Georgia. Great. That's fantastic. Wonderful. That's like best case scenario for Absolutely. the Chargers. Yeah. And the thing is, they still didn't have Keenan Allen out there. And uh, the, the, Herbert just finds everybody else. Hey, there's Mike Williams, 120 yards. Austin Eckler has a huge game. It was just one of those. Gerald Everett had 61 yards at the tight end position and a, and a nice touchdown. So. There was just no way the Texans' offense was going to keep up if the Chargers showed any firepower. I feel like the Browns is a is a uh-oh depressing game. game. Oh, speaking of the Browns, they lost to the Falcons. Oh my God! Falcons twenty three, Browns twenty. Arthur Smith subtweeting this podcast with that victory. What's that? <laughs> Arthur Smith subtweeting this podcast with that victory. Did he? Did he subtweet? No, the the fact that they won because he, you know we've sort of been dumping on them and Arthur. I Smith actually picked them to win this game. All right, go ahead. Falcons tied for first in the uh, in the what? Yeah, I think actually the Browns are tied. The Browns and Falcons are both in first after falling and climbing to two and two. Marcus mm. Mariota seven of nineteen for one hundred thirty nine yards. Sure, that's how you win a football game. Um, Every one of those completions went for at least ten yards. That'll help. That's called efficient. That's that right. is called highly efficient. Uh, they jumped out to a 10 nothing lead. The Browns came back and took a third, uh, let's see, 13 10. And then the Falcons answered it as well with a, was it Caleb Huntley? Scott Hansen was like, a, he like completely butchered his name. It was like, ah, oh, yeah, that went because Cordero Patterson was getting beat up because he was banged up. And yeah, uh, yeah, Caleb Huntley, yeah, uh, several uh, young way coup field goals. Cordero Patterson also had a touchdown run. Nick Chubb was awesome on the ground. Jacoby Brissett was meh. It wasn't a, wasn't a thrilling game for being honest. It was a good game because it was really close and it kept going back and forth, but it wasn't like a high-level uh, NFL football game. But look, kudos to the Falcons. Um, oh. I, I thought the Browns coaching staff had a meltdown in this game. Number one, the first possession, opening possession of the game, they drive right down the field. They have a fourth and goal from the four. Not like from the one or the two they decide to go for it they don't get it so boom you get zero points on your opening possession you lose and then the, the falcons get the ball and score and and you lose all your momentum uh and then at the end of the game at the end of the game the browns are down 23 to 20 they have the ball with two minutes and 30 seconds left plenty of time to move the ball you don't have to do anything you can basically stay in your normal offense because all you need is a field goal to tie and, uh, you know, if you want to get the touchdown, go for the win, go for it. So what do the Browns do? Well, they're the Browns. So on this drive, they ran nine plays, 
eight of them were passes. Who do you think had more success on Sunday? Jacoby Brissett or Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb literally averaged six yards per carry, and instead of letting him have the ball at all on that drive, they called a pass on 89 plays. It was just insane. Actually, I averaged 6.21 yards per carry. I said over six yards. That's over six yards. I was, saying, I was helping your stat. You said literally six yards. Touch it, They didn't give it to Chubb. Uh, one last thing before we move on. Tyler Algier, the rookie out of BYU. Big game, 10 carries, 84 yards. I was talking him up in the preseason. I like that kid. Um, yeah, he reminds me of James Conner in terms of the way he runs. And saw a little bit of that today once uh, Cordero went went down. So Kyle Pitts is non-existent. Yeah, he had one catch for 25 yards. Of course. Did anyone ask Arthur Smith about that? No. no was that last week or two weeks ago? A couple uh, weeks ago, I think, yeah, when he stormed yeah. off. Yeah. All right, what's next? All right. Giants 20, Bears 12. God, there's some bad games. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually watched this game on my third screen. That's right. I have three screens, guys. My iPad. What? Um, I don't know if you want to set it up or not. Here's the thing. If you were just watching without the scoreboard, you're like, oh, my God, the Giants are winning this game 5,000 to nothing. This game was closed throughout. Um, the Giants came into this game with three sacks. In the first half, they had five sacks at Justin Fields, which should give you some indication of uh, – why we still have no idea if Justin Fields is any good because he spends most Sundays running for his life. 22 pass attempts, so that's a, I believe that's a season high. Daniel Jones was 8 of 13. Again, these numbers of the quarterbacks look like a bunch of high school games and in, in, in run only, only leagues. But Daniel Take Jones. Barkley is back, back, back. He, he's 100% back. Daniel Jones scored two touchdowns and they were both the exact same play, which makes you wonder what Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy, right? Yes. Yes. It was a bootleg, a naked bootleg to the right, and he strolled in on both of them for twenty yards, and he moonwalked into Maybe the, the left. Maybe the first one, he like, kind of like had like some pressure, but he like didn't. Get he touched. was like he couldn't believe he was that wide open. He thought he was gonna get trucked or something. And then the next one, he's like doing, doing cartwheels. That was embarrassing. And then he he hurt his ankle. Tyra Taylor came in and he scrambled and got got knocked. Um, it looked like he may have been concussed. He came out, and then they were running wildcat with Saquon, which was sort of fun. And Saquon uh, got hurt. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, Saquon was on the sidelines, but Tyra Taylor came back in. And they were running um, Matt Breida. Tyrod came back in. Are you sure? No. Okay, I'm not sure if he sure. came back in because I think Tyrod went to the tent and then, he, then I think he left. Um, Daniel Jones was in for a while. Well, too. I mean, they were showing Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley on the sideline, and Ty, I think Tyrod Taylor was in there. Okay, that might have been after Daniel got hurt and before Tyrod got got uh, presumably concussed. Anyway, um, here's a fun fact: Kenny Galladay one target. Zero, zero, zeros everywhere else. Um, oh, maybe it, Daniel Jones is back in. Yeah, he came in. He was lined up a wide receiver when they were running a lot of the Wildcat towards the end of that game. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I think this Bears team, it's hard to tell um, if they're any good. They're Kyler Gordon, their first uh, I pick, I think, is second rounder. I think it's pretty easy to tell. They're not very good. No, no, I was going to say Kyler Gordon, their, their rookie second round pick, I think, played, had some moments where, where he played well. Um, Jaquan Brisker played well. Their other rookie second-round pick, Bayless Jones, who they drafted to give Justin Fields some help at wide receiver, absolutely destroyed a punt, muffed it, and that turned the ball over. And, and that also sort of changed the the, the, comp, uh, the direction of that game. But yeah, the Bears are terrible. I think the I think the Steelers, if the Steelers played the Bears ten times, they would win five and a half of those games. <laughs> are the Giants good? They're three and one. Everyone loves Brian Dable. We talk about chemistry and how people buy in. I mentioned Zach Wilson. Uh, the coaching is clearly better. You are what your record says you are. Well, the Bill Parcells. Too, so. Yes. 
Um, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you make the playoffs between the Giants or the Bears, it's the Giants easily. Yeah. The Giants, Giants are a tougher division, I think, somehow. All right, Giants or the, the Cowboys? Mm. Cowboys. I would I'm going to take the Giants. The Giants already lost the Cowboys once. Yeah, but they were just getting warmed up. They should have won that game. Rush Cowboys. Okay. We'll find out if the Giants are for real. They've got an interesting schedule coming up. they got the Packers and the Ravens in the next two weeks. Yeah, one, exactly. baby. Right. Three and three. Oh, and suddenly, and like you got blown out twice, and suddenly it changes the tenor of your. So, right. Suddenly you're the Denver Broncos, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> the offense breach. All right. We'll start. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's three or four at Packers, Ravens, at Packers in, in London, Ravens with no bye week. On the at oh, home. and the quarterback situation is, is unresolved because of the injuries. That's also important. at Jacksonville, at Seattle, which you know are winnable games, but those are two like, like so. You're going from London to New Jersey to Jacksonville to Seattle in four weeks. That's a lot of like bouncing around before you buy. I'll say they win one of those games. I said they win them all. They're uh, <laughs> six, uh, four and four and four when they get done. All right, seven. And one. Next up, God, there's some. Dog crap games this week. Cardinals 26, Panthers 16. I mean, uh, I don't know what the Panthers do. I don't know what the Panthers could do. I'm so glad I'm not. I don't care about this. Brenton, you should be the quarterback for the Panthers. If Baker Mayfield was 22 or 36 for a buck 97, a touchdown and two picks. So he threw 14 incompletions. I'm going to wager that 12 of them were knocked down to the line of scrimmage and two of them were. Everything was getting swatted. He was at the point late in the game where he was actually throwing like a hissy fit <laughs> behind, behind the line of scrimmage every time the ball got knocked down. It, it's it's tough to play like that. It, it's tough to run routes. Like during the week, DJ, DJ Moore was asked, answering questions about how can he get more open. I mean, DJ Moore isn't the problem. It's a mess. Like we're at the point where we're like, you know what? Sam Darnold wasn't that bad. And it is like if, if you're a receiver running routes, even if you are open, and it's not like Baker's going to get you the ball because there's a 50% chance the ball's getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. And it literally felt like, I mean, you don't want to like blame one person for a loss, but when you throw two really ugly interceptions, one of them was, I think, intended for DJ Moore. The game was 13 to 10. It was still definitely uh, could have gone either way. And then, nope, Baker Mayfield gets picked Five off. of his passes were bad at the line, by the way. Most in any game, any game this season by for any quarterback. That he has is. 10 passes bad at the line of season, also most in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. So that seems like a problem. This is the first game this season where he's completed over 60% of his passes. That's also a problem. And the Panthers are now one in 26 under Matt Rule in games where they allow 17 or more points. Yeah, I think um, Matt Rule might be fingers crossed, hoping for that Wisconsin job. Think of being the opponent to play the Panthers and you know you don't have to do a shootout. You just say, oh, if we score 17 points, we win. That's all we have to do. Like even the Broncos can beat them or the Colts or any of these other crappy offenses we talk about. By the way, uh, Victor mentioned this in the comments. I just I didn't see it in real time, but I just looked it up. Um, Kyler and and Cliff were going at it early in the the fourth quarter. It looks like the Cardinals burned their second time out. Um, with 13 or so minutes to go, and Kyler's barking at him. And, you know, handsome Cliff is just trying to bark. They are like a couple that's been married for 50 years, and, like, they just like that, but they know they can't separate because there's nowhere else to go. It is, you're made for each other, you're made for no one. Kyler was doing a lot of talking in this game. Looked like he was kind of lift up. By the way, they're 2-2 two and two now, and they've looked, they're, they're a lot like the Broncos, it feels like. And they're yeah. a couple breach that are, they're both, like, so incredibly 
good looking that you can't imagine them with anyone else. Like they're, they seem like, you know, not even human, but clearly they're, they're, they're not good together. That's a problem. Um, Good, good win for them. I guess they stormed along in the yeah, second. That's half. a win. That that the Panthers the, again, another team the Steelers should beat at least five and a half times out of ten. That's uh, the Panthers. Teams. Panthers are bottom five team. I, I would take the Bears over the Panthers in a, in a Super Bowl of mediocrity. Probably. Yeah. Does Matt Rule make it to November? No. Um. No, he might. I mean, it, I think it's probably contractual based, and also, <laughs> well, I get a sense of like, like. Do you want to save money by letting him stick around? Um, is Tepper the second richest owner of the league? Well, yes, but is is it possible that he would leave for the Wisconsin or the Nebraska job, and you can save face by not having to fire him and not having to spend all that money? Because I do think there's a chance there's like a mutual like he's like, hey, I can go get this Nebraska job, I can rebuild there. They have Big Ten money, and Tepper's like, great. Why don't you take that job? You leave here and take that job. I don't think we'll write, we'll write a nice little statement. Yeah, we'll be like you know, we appreciate Matt for everything he did in building this organization. And oh, by the way, take it. take Baker Mayfield with you. All right, what's <laughs> next? Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Marquise Brown, second most targets in the NFL behind Devontae Adams right now. Whoop, Finally, whoop. Titans at Colts. Titans twenty four, Colts seventeen. A scorcher, a barn burner. The Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, starting to break out there. Yeah, Twenty two yeah, carries, one hundred fourteen yards, and a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill. 70 to 21, buck 37 to two touchdowns. This is a quintessential Titans game. Not a whole lot from your quarterback, but just enough. And Derrick Henry pounds the ball. And then the Colts had the, what they were down 24 to three, get absolutely roasted and scored uh, two, the next two touchdowns. And there were no more points in the game. <laughs> there, were no, there was one touchdown, one score in the, in the second half. So let me check my notes here. Uh, uh, but I'm, in the meantime, I'll, I'll mention this. Uh, before the season, I always said, if you're asking me if I'll take Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill over Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, I'm, I'm going to take Matt Ryan and, and Jonathan Taylor. No longer. I look like an idiot for saying that because Matt Ryan is is done. Jonathan Taylor has yet to get going. Derrick Henry, as you noted, looks fantastic. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention, Breach, I don't know if you saw this, but where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh yeah, so it's uh twenty four seventeen, uh with two just over two minutes to go in the game, and um Frank Reich decides to kick a field goal on fourth and twenty one. Oh yeah, from like the plus forty wherever it was from. It was a fifty something yard field goal, but they they missed it, and I, badly, badly. And I'm like, I get it on some level because let's say you you make it and then you get the answer. No, 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 no. I want to I want to ask you about that on getting it on some level because. You have to make a fifty-yard field goal, fifty-one-yard field goal. I'm just trying to do the math. And no, no, I, I was trying to. Do, I'm trying to do too. Like I'm not. I, like you have to make a fifty-one-yard field goal. You have to recover an onsides. I don't know how many timeouts they had at that point. I mean, you could. They, they had all three of the timeouts. They had all three. Yeah. So if you get it before the two minute, you might have a chance. But yeah, you get to do that either way. I was actually thinking it might make more sense just to punt the ball, like pin them deep. I don't know what the analytics say, say but kicking the field goal there. He was definitely going to run twice. I was like, this this seems like a dumb idea. Is Frank right? You're only, down seven, you're only down seven. You don't need why would you kick the field goal? But it's fourth and twenty-one. So that's like, I feel like converting a fourth and twenty-one is more likely than making a fifty-one yard field goal and getting an onside kick. I would just punt it. I'd punt or it. Or if you're thinking about punting it, you could combine the two of kicking the field goal and then kicking off deep because you still have three timeouts. But you gotta yeah. make the field goal. Well, that's, you do have to make the field goal. That's the problem. And then, but the thing was, even with the missed field goal, it wasn't over because they had all three timeouts, but the Colts uh, just 
couldn't stop the Titans. Are, are Frank Reich and or Chris Ballard, uh, seat, is that seat getting warm for either of those two? Oh, they didn't it's, kick on the never mind, because he missed a field goal, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I think here's the problem for the Colts front office and um, and Frank Reich. Chris, like, I think Chris Ballard does a really good job. This team doesn't appear to have it this year. Um, they're, they're missing, you know, the offensive line size is what it was. And I think somebody pointed out uh, maybe a high uncle sprain for Jonathan Taylor. That's not great. Um, the, the problem is it's going to be perceived by Jim Ursay, who's definitely getting a little older and wants to win now, like a lot of these NFL owners, as back to back years of unsuccessfully trading for a veteran quarterback and being unable to recognize the quarterback. Like, you know what I'm saying? If the Rivers thing worked, but the Wentz thing didn't, even if it wasn't as bad as it seemed, like just the Week 18 disaster. And right now, the Matt Ryan thing is not working. So that's going to get pinned on the front office and the coaching staff. Now, I would think that because Matt Ryan essentially said he would want to play two years, that, that they would, he would wait one more year because they have had success with that this regime, in g- generally speaking. But if this season's a disaster, yeah, Frank Reich is going to This team is worse than last year's team with Carson Wentz. Is it? Yeah. Well, that team was like, just win. We team would have gone to the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, but they didn't have Shaquille Leonard for the first time. This team is worse. Yeah, yeah, right. The yeah, right defense now. was much better last year. Like, Wentz had a... If Matt Ryan played on last year's team... Actually, I don't know, because Matt Ryan has not looked good. He yeah, looked, let's let's keep it real. He here. lost I mean, defensive coordinator. Gus Bradley didn't do it a whole lot, and... He he, and, I mean, just want. this game, first possession, Matt Ryan fumbles, boom. And it's just like, if you're a Colts fan, it's like, oh, my God, here we go again. This guy turns the ball over seven times per game. What do we do? I don't, uh, I don't think that he'll fire them unless it's just a disastrous season. But that's disastrous season is very much on the table. That's fine. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying they should be fired. I'm just asking. Now they're weak. They're by so late. I only have two guys. Wins. I have a question for you, too. Uh, what about Andrew Luck? Like, didn't Andrew Luck kind of put like the Colts in a bad position? Like him obviously retiring because, like, if we think about it, like they would still have Andrew Luck right now. Well, it put him in a good position because they got Philip Rivers. But well, yes, Billy, the Colts put Andrew Luck in a bad position yeah, by you, not putting an offensive line in front of him by letting him get beat up for eight straight years. Where he said, "Yeah, you know what? I would literally rather retire than play any more football for this organization." Yeah, I mean, I remember, I, remember, I remember that story, like basically scathing, like the Colts for every, like everything they done with Andrew Luck. I, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember where. Was it when he was it when he retired, or is it when I read, I read something? I just remember like it was basically like you guys have ruined the career of a potential Hall of Fame quarterback, and you deserve all the scorn in the world for it. And they did do that. They did put him in a bad position. But yes, he did put them in a bad position too, Billy, by retiring because now they've been trying to find out the quarterback position and. Part of the problem is if you have a Rivers and a Wentz, so Rivers goes to the playoffs, loses first round. Wentz misses the playoffs by one game. Matt Ryan will probably get him around 500. You're not going to have the opportunity to get a new quarterback. They traded one of their first round picks for DeForest Buckner. So they, they've sort of been in this like weird purgatory where they've had this roster and they've had this, um, you know, like decent teams, but they never over the top and they've never had the opportunity to go get a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's karma. They went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Maybe it's time that they have a bunch of end of the career veteran quarterbacks who I mean. who've been good. But I'm not. And, I, go ahead, I was going to say that this isn't. I, I wouldn't put this on Andrew Luck any more than you know. You put it on 
He got tired. Lucky to your point, Breach. He got tired of getting trucked every week. He was <laughs> he couldn't even walk. Um, he had a, like a lacerated spleen. Like we're talking just the worst kind of injuries that have pain that is nonstop and that lifestyle. Exactly. That's like a dog that keeps biting his owner, and then you get mad at the owner for taking the dog to the pound because he doesn't want him anymore. Well, he kept biting me. What was I supposed to do? Andrew Luck quit on the Colts. Posmo says in the comments, "Never in history is a top quarterback built like that. He just didn't like football." I mean, maybe, but I also would argue that you know, let's let you get hit by a truck seventeen times a, a year for eight years, and maybe you might feel differently. And fun facts: I looked it up real quick. Frank Reich's fourth down decision on fourth and twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Ben Baldwin bot says kicking the field goal was the smarter play versus going for it. Punting was not listed as an option because it only lists two options. Yeah. So I would like to have seen where punting would have fallen there, but the, the kicking the field goal was the play that made the most sense because it was fourth and 21, which is like such a low percentage of success. I don't think fourth and 21 probably ever wins out in, the, in that conversation unless it's the last play of the game. Yeah. And then you start asking yourself, how do we get into fourth and 21 in the fourth quarter in such a key situation? Oh, yeah, because our quarterback got sacked for an eight-yard loss on third and 13. I read this in everything the Colts said about Andrew Luck's injury for two years raises red flags. April 7, April 18, 2017. My gosh, how the time. That's the last time you actually wrote a story, too. Where'd you <laughs> found it? Oh! Oh! Uh, uh, All right. I'll do it for us. Record time. Way to go, Billy. Let's keep it tight. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, whatever tomorrow is. Why the 49ers on Monday Night Football? Oh, yeah. We gotta re- we'll do Monday Night Football recap. And then, of course, we'll be doing a show on Tuesday and Wednesday and every day from down to all it's eternity. It's Groundhog Day. Go, Kitty Pickett. <laughs> for Wilson, for Breach, I'm Brenton. See you guys later. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.